Welcome to the Eurovision Division podcast. This is a podcast where we talk about the songs in this year's Eurovision Song Contest, and, you know, we, uh, we talk about what we feel about them. Wow, I'm, I'm starting this off on a great foot. Note. What? What? We're back! After many, it's, many months. It's starting off on the right foot. Yes. It's starting it off on a great note. Is it? Right? English is not our first language, but speaking of notes, uh, this is a podcast about the Eurovision Song Contest, and uh, for the first time in a long time, there are 43 countries in this year's contest, and there's actually 43. There were some scares. We were like, is one of these countries going to fall out? Is it going to be back to 42? Because these past few years, there's always been some kind of scandal or disaster. There's 43 countries that we could talk about, and we are going to try our best to discuss as much and as many of them as we can. Um, Perhaps not as extensive as we've done in the past. Because we're adults with jobs. Absolutely. Now, Um, when we first started doing this, we were both woefully unemployed. Woefully unemployed, more than just unemployed, uh, but... Dreadfully so. Just really so very horribly unemployed. And now we are both employed. Mm -hmm. We uh, live together still. Yes. So we don't have that much time and energy to really just be constantly talking about Eurovision. There is is a thing that we always have to do. And let's let's do it very briefly, which is discuss uh, the outcome of last year's contest. Yes. I was very happy. You were. I yeah, because we had our uh, Portuguese friend over. Yes. He was in the country for his job. Mm-hmm. And we invited a bunch of people over to watch the, the contest at our That's house it. with him. And, I mean, there were some tears. There were some beers. Uh, it's very exciting to witness a country... Winning when someone from that country is sitting there right next with to you. you. Um, and I it's the first that... time that Portugal ever won, and they won with like a very uh, sincere song. You know, like it, it felt like they're. It was like really good. It was very nice. Also, we didn't do bad. No, we did not. We did um, really good. <laughs> and there was that fear for a moment. Uh, Belgium, in weeks, that is. In the weeks leading up to the contest, that Blanche wouldn't do as well as people had hoped for Belgium, um, but a fourth place in the end um, actually did exceed, exceed some expectations. It exceeded mine to be sure, and I, yeah, great song. Great song. Good performance. Still is. Still Better is dress. Song. Now other songs in the top three. The, the sax, sax, epic sax guy song. Hey yeah, the Sunstroke Project from Moldova finished in uh, third place, which was the best ever finish for Moldova. Incredible. Uh, and Completely uh, deserved. That it was one so fun. It was absolutely deserved, but it came like such a surprise. Because it didn't seem like that would be the kind of song to make a top three finish. Uh, given that it's a year where Salvador Sobral won with like an emotional, like real music type song. That felt so surprising, but yet it made perfect sense. And it still makes sense when you think about it in hindsight. Yeah, absolutely. Because... As opposed to many of the other songs, it was enjoyable to watch. Oh, fair point. 
Now we had uh, we had our fifth place that we don't want to talk about, which is uh, Robin Bengtson's "I Can't Go On." Oh God, I forgot like everything about last year. Yeah, it's, I, it's, who was second place? Uh, second place, of course, was Bulgaria, who have kept getting oh. better and better. Oh, the guy, the the Raven Boy, the beautiful Miss. Oh. We don't have a thing to lose. All oh, right. Yeah, I didn't like that. No, um, it, it had always been like kind of a favorite. Um, not for me personally, but like in the in the uh, in the discourse that was going on before the contest, and I didn't fully get it. And then it, I saw it perform, and I still didn't get it. Um, but it did, as people expected, do really well. Um, and Bulgaria, um, you know, they they came back. Genova, who finished in fourth, then this year, uh, last year, they finished in good. second. Um, so they clearly want to keep improving and going for the win. So that's something to look forward to. Put Bulgaria on the map. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was already on the map. But other than that, what are things that you're looking forward to in this year's contest based on what happened last year? Because as we know, Eurovision is reactionary, and, and some things that were a trend last year are bound to continue or be rebuffed in a way. So what are you expecting out of this year's song? Mm, I really can't wait to see uh, Norway bring Can You Make Love Like a Scandinavian, which was my favorite song of the pre-selections. It was so much fun. It was like, it was such a good song. The performer had such a good time on stage visibly and I mm -hmm. really can't wait uh, I, of course, uh, didn't see who won the pre-selections, because you wouldn't let me, but I assume it's... I assume it's her. Right. Well, we'll talk about that when we get to Norway. Uh, I'm expecting to see a lot of people who uh, misunderstand what made Amor Pelos Deutsch good. Okay. So I'm expecting a lot of boring ballads. Interesting. But also some people who just go nuts for it, like uh, Sunstroke Project. I, I think that there's also going to be another space for that back in Eurovision. For yeah. some like really ridiculous fun stuff. I'm, a, I'm afraid that Sweden is going to come with another Justin Timberlake song, which... I'm just, I'm so over it. Mm -hmm. A positive trend is, that I've been noticing, is that uh, the host country mm -hmm. has a lot of fun with actually making the show good and like mm -hmm. the little in-between bits. Nobody is Monsanto, though. No, but that was... But that, that was, was part the point. Of the focus that was of last year's contest. Was yeah. like, oh well, these guys are not Mons. Um, so what but they laughed with it, and it yeah. was funny. And I think that the actual show is really fun. And it's the first time that Portugal gets to do it. Exactly, and, and that's really yeah, exciting. There's some exciting new things about uh, about this year's uh, contest as well. I mean, you know, Eurovision is always kind of a technical arms race. It's it's, it's very much about like finding showcasing new technology on live television. It's Eurovision that premiered the concept of televoting 
which then got like you know used in all of these talent competitions. But that was Eurovision that first did that. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the in the past few years, like the 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 backdrops to the songs have just been bigger and bigger with like more elaborate visuals. Holograms. Um, yeah, which is why it's surprising that this year uh, they've announced there will be no lead walls. Oh. Uh, no, no visual. Uh, oh. No room for that. There, there'll be lighting and stuff, of course. Um, and I'm assuming because of that, some people will bring props, which has been sorely missed yes! in your vision. Yes, props. Um, but less like just less just like a random uh, video of a forest in the background. Um, which I'm interested to see uh, what countries do with that. I want another fucking hamster wheel. I need I too, some I too wish to see a hamster like, wheel. poetic prop. Well, that is that is just one of the many things that we will be discussing when we listen to uh, this year's songs. We'll talk about what prop would be good on stage. Um, uh, an actual wolf. Yes, things like that. I want someone to have instead of like the five dancers, just like five children, well, you do, and have that I be mean, like. You a do theme. still have to be over sixteen, I guess. Yeah. Do you have to be over sixteen to be on stage? I think so. Even in the background. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Ah. Uh, because kids are good props. You heard it here first, folks. Kids well, are good props. You need a clean take of that. <laughs> Kids are good props. But you know, there's lots of ways in which artists could break the rules, and we'll have to talk about all of those things too. Although there is one very important thing to talk about, and it is Manel Navarro's voice break. Oh my god. I remember exactly where I was when Manel Navarro's voice broke. Like, like literally just here on this exact same yes. couch, watching Eurovision is where I was mm-hmm. when that happened. Yes. I was in many places when it happened because I have watched it a thousands of times since then. So I have I have heard Manel Navarro's voice break in many different locations. It's true. It, it, it did. He prove... did so well. Still. Well, no, he got five points from Portugal, and that was it. Still wild. Uh, yeah, I don't know what I'm looking forward to this year. I'm just looking forward to more Eurovision. This is the furthest we've been from Scandinavia. In a long time. It actually is, yeah, yeah. Because it's been... I mean, it's hard to get that far away from Scandinavia. We're going south for it's Eurovision true. this year. Yeah. That's been a while. Uh, although, of course, uh, Krista Bjorkman is there. So, um, uh, with that said... Daddy. What? What? I've come around to it. I'm wildly attracted to Krista Bjorkman from now on. That's my thing now. With that said, uh, that's our preamble. Let's dive into the first episode proper of the Eurovision Division podcast. Yes. Let's talk about the first song in this year's lineup. Fuck me, Christopher Bjorkman. Mm-hmm. 